up, guys? Welcome to WCBC Podcast. My name's Hunter. My name's Ellen. I'm Josh. And we are here, and we're back, and uh, um, we're glad to be here. But not only is it just us, uh, we have a guest with us today. We told you all about it last week. Uh, we've got good friend, brother in Christ, evangelist Chad Udy. Uh, he's with us today, and uh, Chad, we're glad you're here. How you doing? Wonderful. It's good to be here. I'm excited, Absolutely. and uh, I'm just... Uh, it's an honor, first time. So yeah. excited to be here, and uh, appreciate what y'all are doing. And uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that uh, this is uh, another tool that y'all have added here at the church and reaching out and and uh, getting the gospel out. So uh, super excited about Absolutely. seeing what the Lord's going to do with it. Yes, and we're uh, we're glad you're here and you came and joined us. Chad's a good, he's a good family friend, but I'm. I think everybody can pretty much say that. That goes to Watson's. We uh, we love him to death. He's everybody one of us. Does. He's just one of us. Yeah. And he's uh, he's a good preacher. Uh, you know, and he'll he'll talk in a little while. You know, we we want to be able. To, we're going to talk about scripture today, but we're also you know going to open up the platform. You know, Chad will be able to tell you guys if you're a church out there and uh, you know you're interested and uh, maybe feel led after this to get a hold of Chad. He'll talk about that here in a little while towards the end. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna get started. Uh, but before that, I, I will say this: a um, couple announcement things is one. Um, we're gonna start our questions drive again. So if you have any questions, uh, feel free to email us at media at net. But also, we've been talking about we got a Facebook page now, so you can message us on there. Grant and I can reply and see them. But yeah, if you have any biblical question of what we're covering. Or, uh, you know, maybe something we haven't covered. Feel free to send them in, because uh, that's just one way that we want to be able to help people that'll listen to this podcast, is be able to help them with their biblical questions and things going on. Now, I know Hunter's really good about uh, recognizing our listeners, but uh, we want to thank you guys for listening, and uh, we really appreciate you. We don't tell you enough how much we appreciate the fact that you do uh, listen to this podcast. Uh, if you have a, a lost friend, a lost family member, uh, recommend the podcast to them. Uh, the gospel will be shared. And it's going to be shared in a manner that it can be easily understood. If I can understand it, we're going to present it in a manner that anybody can understand it. So uh, if you've got somebody out there in your family or, or, or a friend or a coworker that uh, maybe don't know Christ, uh, recommend the podcast to them. Yeah. Let them listen to it. We'll pray for them, too, by name, if you let us know. Uh, uh, second thing I, I wanted to let everybody know is uh, this year we're also going to start something. Um, actually, Grant, you don't know about this yet, but here you go. Um, we're going to start every Monday morning. We're going to release um, probably the Sunday morning sermons that come um, from the chapel, from our pastor, uh, Pastor Jason. And so uh, we'll I'll try to get on that this week, hopefully this next week or the week before that. So not only will you guys get this episode of kind of like us going through Scripture and having guests on, but on Monday mornings you can start your week out by listening to the Word of God um, from the sermons um, of our pastor and the other ministers in the church. And so, uh, you know, we, we want to be able to utilize this in ways that we can just keep getting the gospel out. And so uh, be looking forward to that. So... Let's go ahead. We're going to kick it off. Um, like I said, we've got Chad with us today, and we're going to be talking about evangelism. We're going to be taking a break from Hebrews. Uh, we'll come back to it uh, hopefully next week. Uh, we've got a lot of thoughts to continue in the book of Hebrews. But this week we're going to be talking about evangelism, and we've got some questions that we are going to answer. Um, but before that, we'd love, uh, Brother Chad, if you just share. How are, I mean, how God call you an evangelist? How would you get where you are? And just share sure. with us. Well, it wasn't something that I, you know, sought out. 
And I don't even know that I knew what an evangelist was, even when I started preaching. Uh, so it wasn't something that just kind of, uh, you know, I, I knew that was what I was going to do. It's just something that kind of just happened. Uh, the Lord's open doors, and for whatever reason, you know, uh, I'm I'm doing what I'm doing. And uh, uh, but I, w- when the Lord called me to preach, uh, well, when I back up even before then, when when the Lord started dealing with me uh, about preaching, of course, I didn't have. Uh, no idea why I thought, you know, uh, Lord, one thing I really struggled with was I did know, uh, I mean, I loved the Lord and I didn't know he was such a great God. And I was so hindered by the fact that he, you know, why would you want somebody uh, as useless and worthless as I to go tell other people about somebody so great as you? And, and I thought, you know, I can get a whole lot better men out there uh, you know, but why me, Lord? And so, but the Lord, uh, you know, give me clarity in my heart. That's what I want you to do. And uh, of course, my wife and and I, we were honestly, we were <laughs> freaked out about it. You know, because yeah. I was not a big talker. I mean, I'm, 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 I was one that not not that I had a mean spirit toward toward people, but I was just kind of the guy that you know sat in the room and you know talked when talked to. And uh, and so now. You know what am I gonna say? I'm, you know. So, but anyways, the Lord uh, has supplied. Uh, he's blessed. I wouldn't take nothing uh, for it. Uh, there was a time in my life w- when it really got real. I never will forget it. I was in my living room, and I'd been dealing with God. You know, calling me to preach, and so uh, I wouldn't say that I was running from it, but I I did want to be absolute. You know, I'd seen guys that you know they would announce their call to preach, and then you know, a year or two later, they're, yeah. they're not even in church. Yeah. And so I wanted it to be real. And, uh, th- there was Monday mornings, I'd be going to work and I just, I just start crying. You know, God was really dealing with me. Well, it, it become clear and, uh, I never will forget it. It was in my living room and I knelt down and, and I remember it just like it was yesterday, you know, Lord, you've called me to this for whatever reason. And, uh, and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And so, uh, but I remember that spot because I knew there was going to be days ahead. You know, people's yeah. going to come. The enemy's going to come. I said, well, God didn't call you. Uh, but I can take you back to that spot. And, and, and I remember it, and it was clear as day. And so from then, it's just, honestly, it's been like a whirlwind. I mean, it was like, you know, uh, I remember I preached my first message uh, when, when, when Shay was pregnant with, with our firstborn. And it's just been wide open ever since. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, evangelism just kind of seems to be that arena that the Lord keeps me in. Not saying that it's the arena that I chose or it's just it's just happened. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're living, I feel like we're living in a, in a time now where evangelists is not necessarily used as maybe there was years back. Uh, and so it's kind of different, but, um, you know, one thing I've learned in evangelism is you never know what to expect. You know, you can be in uh, so many different arenas, so many different atmospheres, so many different faces, uh, crowds. Uh, it's just, but, but I enjoy it. I love it. And, 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 and thank God for it. And so that's awesome. I think it's even cool uh, 
which what I love is where he comes through here, you know, uh, him and our pastor, they're good buddies. So, uh, we get to hear Chad preach at our church, but, uh, he gets, he preaches local in the area too. So it's always, uh, great to go out and see him. I mean, the, the Bible is clear and we'll talk about this later, but you know, in Ephesians four eleven, he, he calls evangelists, he gifts evangelists. Um, one thing I think that you said is very valuable and needs to be repeated is you can't just choose evangelists right. to be an evangelist. That's a calling from God Almighty. I mean, that's yeah. not just like you look at the brochure of all the ways to minister, and then you're like, oh, I want to do this one. I mean, you've really got to have a touch of God right. uh, and a calling from God. And so, uh, but one of my favorite stories is this last year during this COVID stuff, um, you know, it wasn't a time where a lot of places were shut down. But what I love is, uh, we hadn't seen Chad in a while. And the next thing I know is uh, I was on Facebook one day and I see that you were, you were filling in as an interim at a church. And so we were like, huh? You know, he's pastoring somewhere. We don't know. <laughs> and so when I finally got to talk to him, uh, he's telling me that he got to fill in and help that church. And then I think you got to talk to our pastor about it too. And so it's just cool because even in a time where you really couldn't travel, I mean, he sure. still, he called you to a pulpit, yeah. you know, and you were able to uh, go through the Word of God. And uh, the other thing, too, uh, you work full-time. Yep. And then on the weekends, you're you're traveling to different churches. Yeah. So maybe uh, our, so our listeners can l- learn a little bit. Well, I mean, what is it like, you know, you work full-time, you're travel. I mean, how, how does that go for you? Well, it's exhausting at times, <laughs> number one. But... Um, there was a time that, you know, I, I flirted with the idea of going full-time in evangelism, and thank God that there was just, thank God I didn't, um, you know, it was the idea was out there, uh, but there was just something wasn't right, you know, and uh, one thing I have learned in the ministry, and I'm continuing to learn, and is uh, at the end of the day, uh, only you know what God is telling you to do and leading you to do. I thank God for godly wisdom and advice and, and the men that's in my life that God has placed, and, and I cherish that. But still, at the end of the end of the day, what is God telling you to do? And there just wasn't something right. And then, man, it was like within the next year or two, you know, we had 2020, all meetings got canceled, and I was like, so I, I don't want to interrupt, but boy, that's a that's a monumental point right there. Not just in evangelism or in a pastor, but in a child of God. Yes, man, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Uh, if the Bible says, you know, my sheep know my voice, sure. and uh, another's voice they won't follow. So, but here's my concern, uh, and speaking from personal experience, uh, I know there's been times in my life when I know God's speaking to me, and I know God's telling me. But yet I choose, make a conscious choice to not listen, whether it's stop my ears up and la, 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 you're not talking, I'm not listening, la, 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 or it's uh, playing dumb or acting like, none of that relieves me of the responsibility that God has spoken to my heart, God has something for me to do, and me responding to that in obedience. Uh, the Bible talks about obedience better than sacrifice, no matter what you're doing, if it's uh, cleaning, if it's opening the door, if it's an evangelist, if it's pastoring, whatever that is, that interlocking, uh, fitly framed together that Bible talks about the church is just made up of so many members, and God gifts each one of us individually according to her several abilities, whatever, whatever however He's wired us. But the ability for us 
to be obedient. I mean, I think that's what God's calling the church. God's calling our communities. God's calling America to right now is just to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and be obedient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, that's, that's, that's big time right there. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's even like I said earlier, you know, um, when God calls us to the table, especially with a specific gift or area of ministry, um, you know, that that's God Almighty, it is. creator God. And the, that, obe- that obedience following into that is, is something that uh, is priceless and irreplaceable. Uh, I know, Chad, you, you're raising a family. Uh, and the fact that uh, not only have you got the responsibility that God's called you to be an evangelist, but you've got the responsibility to be a father to be a husband, to be a breadwinner. You work, you know, full-time. Uh, talk a little bit about your, your family. I know they, uh, they they bless my heart every time I see them. My son and your sons are like, hey, <laughs> they, they really uh, they really mesh well. They, they get along well. Talk a little about your family. Well, they're, <laughs> you know, there's some places where I go, and, and, and it's that's another thing in evangelism that you, you know, when you're at your home church, which I usually get to be there a lot on Wednesday nights, and, uh, you know, some Sundays here and there. Uh, but when you're at your home church, you know, there's kind of that sense of, you know, you're kind of comfortable because people know you, you know everybody. Uh, so if your kids end up running down the aisle of the church, you know, it's, of course, you correct them. But then it's kind of the, you know, not a big deal. But in evangelism, I'm usually in different churches. And these people don't know us. And matter of fact, last week I was at a church and then, so I'm down there and I'm talking to people after the service and, and the pastor's there and, you know, and everybody. And then all of a sudden I hear something, I look around and there's my little girl, you know, climbing through the choir loft. And, you know, <laughs> so, uh, uh, but I do, the Lord has blessed, uh, uh, my wife, she's, she's, she's incredible. Uh, there's, there's no way that, that I could do what I do without her. And, uh, she's a hundred percent in, and, uh, I thank God for her. And it was not something that, you know, this is not something she chose. She didn't, she, she didn't marry an evangelist. She didn't even marry a preacher. And, uh, but the Lord has also done a work in her life. And, and of course my kids, you know, a lot of Sundays we get up and, and, we get in the car and their question is where we're we going to church today, you know, because, <laughs> you know, it's kind of week to week, but, um, I, I, I do love them. They're, they're growing up, they're getting bigger. Um, and so I'm just, I'm, I'm also excited. I'm scared to death, you know, uh, of course, of course y'all, you know, as, yeah. as a parent and watching yeah. them grow, you know, I'm yeah. scared, but then there's also a sense of excitement and anticipation is what is God going to do in their life? And there should be because you, you know. can you can uh, you can tell kids that are in that that framework of uh, man God's got their, got His hand on this family and uh, you can tell the potential. Uh, uh, you're raising some good kids. Yeah. You are. I thought it was funny, uh, which I've seen this before, but when y'all did come visit Watsons, I think me and Josh were at the front door, and your family got out and the boys took off before you started walking in. But they all had their suits on, and they were yep. walking in. And yep. I said, morning, men. They said, good morning. And they just kept going in and went and sat down somewhere. Yeah. And I was right. like, yeah, they own this place. I mean, I, I know Chad, and, I, and we, we've hunted together, and we've done things aside from church. God's still involved in all of that. We have lots of good spiritual conversations, whether we're riding in a vehicle or sitting in the woods or uh, sitting in church. But to know that uh, – there's a generation coming up that's getting good godly sure. instruction, uh, 
and you know if you're involved in the public at all uh you understand there's a gap there there's a breach there there's some there's some disrespectful uh people that uh, you can't make work and you can't <laughs> you can't you can't hog time and, and and give them to demonstrate any discipline whatsoever yeah. i think it's important that uh, as as god's people we we teach our children that but also we can do that example in front of them in the workplace or wherever to, to, to show man there's hope out there and it helps in christ yes that's the thing like you look around though and that's one of the things that's missing in today is that uh, like what you said earlier with the obedience you know and that's there's that where that disconnect is so it is refreshing to hear other believers that are you know that are in line on god's will being obedient taking the role and leadership of their home of their wife of their children and guiding them directly godly biblically to to raise them to where it is, it's an act of obedience, and it's not a, a, a you're, you're not an ogre. Or a, no, you know, it's it's that it's out of love. It's that position of leadership yes. that God places a man in, and we've yes. talked about it multiple times here, and so far we've n- not had the church burnt down. <laughs> but when we when a man takes a position of leadership, where he please not don't only do that, please, please don't do that. <laughs> but he he leads by example, yes. in, in love, yes, and, and you 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 put that example out there for not only your family to see. Because we already talked about it. God knows your heart. God, God's got you cowled. God's got you put right where he wants you. It's up to you to be obedient to it. He knows where your heart's at. So it's not a, I'm, I'm not putting on a show, but I'm living my life to please God. Yeah. And in that, nobody knows me like my wife and kids. Mm-hmm. Nobody does. Yeah. And do I mess up? Absolutely I do. And honey, please don't email in any examples okay I, I can handle it on my own but I, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mess up from time to time but my wife and kids know me yeah and they know where my heart's at and they know if my fate's real yeah, yeah. and i think too uh for our listeners out there i mean you're hearing uh which i, I mean i don't have kids and neither does grant uh we're working on the first part you know so we're, we're getting to the marriage but uh I think it's just encouraging because, um, you know, we've got Chad who who is called to evangelism. He travels. You know, Alan's one of the deacons here at our church, and Josh is one of the ministers here at the chapel. Um, and you got three men that all have families, but it's just cool because when you look at them doing their work, their families are right there. And so not only, you know, are the men called to do their jobs, but the families come behind them. In support, but not only in support, but they help serve the church as well. And so I think that's a just a great thing, you know, if you're listening to this and, you know, your parents and you're fellowshipping out of church and uh, maybe you're called to a position, um, you know, that's I believe that's why Paul really talked about, sure. you know, get things in order at the house. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, keep things in order um, because it's not just... Uh, not only is the man reflected, but uh, his family. I mean, they're involved, they're serving, and they're around. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, Chad, we, I mean, we appreciate sharing, you know, about van. I think this is cool too, because like a lot of people that listen in this area, they've probably heard you preach, but they've never just been able to like hear you sit down and talk more about, you know, your life and, and what you've been called to do. So I think this is kind of almost like a little exclusive to be able to see more about you personally that they've seen preach all over the place. And hear about, you know, you're just a man that works. 
you got a family, but you got a calling that you're obedient to. Um, and I think that's a powerful and, thing. And again, not to not to pry, but but he's a good he's a good dude. I, I like I like Chad. He's got a good family, <laughs> and it's important. <laughs> Alan, I don't know if you've ever said dude on here before. Can I say dude? Yeah. You uh, yes. I did. <laughs> oh my god! But, but the fact, but the fact of the matter is, when you, when uh, society is looking for people that have godly characteristics, and uh, you know, you can see his, you, you can see his kids respect him, and you can see his kids love him, yeah. and you can see his wife adores him, and those things. Uh, are are what our community needs. They need examples like that that are visible, that are bold in the faith, that aren't afraid or unashamed. And uh, those examples uh, need to be more evident. Need to be yeah. more visible. And I'm sorry I called you, David. I won't I won't pry into your personal life anymore. <laughs> That's funny. I just We're good, I've never heard Helen say "dude" on here. I don't think so. I, I just I was drinking coffee and that made me laugh. But uh, so yeah, let, let, let's get into some scripture. Let's get into some uh, some word conversations. Uh, so we've got three questions we're going to cover today, and uh, this this is going to just be around the table conversation. Uh, any, anyone can start. Chad, you can answer them first, or you know who, whoever wants to start. Um, but you know this first, we got three. I'll, I'll read them first. What's evangelism? Where can we see it in scriptures, and why is it important? So this first question: What is evangelism? Who wants to go first? I got Matthew twenty-eight. <laughs> does, that, does that mean you great are? commission? Go ahead. Go ye, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the Father and Son. And the it's it's a commission that God gives to us to go out and uh, teach everybody, yes. compel them. Are everybody going to accept? No, everybody's not going to accept. There'll be those that that reject. But here's what we need to understand: I can't save it. Chad Udy can't save anybody. But the obedience to that instruction, that command in our life, that personal direction is paramount because if we're obedient to that, God can then take the Holy Spirit, convict that heart, which is required for conversion and salvation. You can't get saved when you want to get saved. You can't just say, hey, you know what? I'm tired of living this way. I think I'll get saved. You can't do that. you got to have the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit convict your heart and reveal to you there's a need for salvation. At that point, you're now responsible to respond, accept or reject that invitation. At that point, that salvation can occur in a person's life. Our obedience to that, whether it's somebody like Chad who has dedicated the biggest portion of his life to not a specific community, mm-hmm. but an entire region. Yep. Yeah. I appreciate Chad, but here's the deal. Each and every one of us absolutely yes. has got a circle of influence. Yes, and we're that all does called not, to be evangelists. That does not excuse us from the fact. Well, Chad's got it. He, yeah. Chad's better at it than I am. I let Chad take it and run with it. We've all got a responsibility. Yep. Well, Josh hit it on the head, and I actually I got I got this reference text about Second Timothy chapter four verse five. And see, you know, Timothy would fill in and become a, a pastor. I mean, he would work among the church. But yet Paul tells him to do the work of an evangelist. It doesn't say specifically you're called to be there. It says to do yes. the work of the evangelist. 
And so, you know, you may not have the specific calling on your life or the gifts to be a traveling preacher, preaching evangelist, but in a sense, we're all called to share the gospel and and, and to go out and talk to people we know about it. And that's a, that's what, what um, Alan was saying. That's one of the saddest things, though, is that's that's a lot of the times what you hear. Well, I'm not an evangelist. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a Sunday school teacher. I mean, the list goes on and on of the reason why they won't witness to somebody. When instead, they can just give the witness and go I'm, ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull a pin, go I'm gonna pull a pin on the grenade and lob it in here. You ready? <laughs> yes. I think that's probably, and I'll speak for myself, there was a period in my life where I did not want to be verbal i didn't want to witness i didn't want to do this thing you know why my lifestyle didn't back up the message that i was sharing mm. there was no confidence there no true I, I i can second that i mean there was a time in my life where yes i i had two different things what people visually see and where i was at so that but but can we not can we not see that in scripture though i mean absolutely. There, was, there was a whole group that looked one way <laughs> and that's why it's uh, and again I'm gonna I'm gonna pat Chad on the back. I'm not trying to blow his head up. I'm not I'm, I'm not trying. He's he's such a modest guy. He's he's about to get up, and walk out. <laughs> but listen, Chad, brag on Jesus. I, I, well, I, I, I'm a, indirectly, I am bragging on Jesus. But that's why it's so important. Your lifestyle support your message. Yes, it's so important. It's a big deal. Well, I mean, it's even like uh, we were talking about before we even came in here. You know. By one action, it could affect the your effectiveness and the calling that God's given you. I mean, we we were talking about that um, by how you carry yourself, or by that who you associate with, or the, if you put yourself in a bad scenario and that one person sees that you've made a poor choice and what the, your lifestyle decision. I mean, it, it can really affect the way that you can minister to people and. Uh, I, I mean, and in the effect, I mean, and Chad, I'd love to hear you talk about this, but, you know, not only are you getting to go, you know, preach at places, it, and it it's not like you're living your life like, oh, I better do right, I'm in fear. It's like we talked about before the podcast, too. We're called to be obedient to Scripture. So when you travel around, I mean, how important is it to you and your personal walk with Christ that you're just obedient in everything that you would do for your like your lifestyle and your decisions. Sure. Well, one thing for sure, and and this probably came even before salvation, is I've always kind of been uh, you know, a realist. You know, if it's not real, I don't I, I don't want no part of it. And back to you talking about my family, my kids, my boys, if there's anybody in this world that knows, they know. Yeah. You know, and it would hurt me more than to get in the pulpit, you know, or watch my family watch me attempt to do what God's called me to do, but it's not real. Mm-hmm. That it's that it's that it's something, you know, that only comes out on Sundays or revival meetings or camp meetings or whatever. Uh, but you know, being real—that's that's. I mean, that's the, you know. Character is impressive to even the non-believing world. Exactly, and so, uh, you know, that's when I look at somebody. I, I know a lot of. I, I've seen a lot of men. They're great preachers. Uh, you know, a lot of talent, a lot of. But if they're not real, right. you know, yeah. I see people get up in church sometimes and and you know, sing a song and it's a good song. It's a good song, mm-hmm. but I know their life or. Yeah. 
And, and I'm telling you, instantly, there's a hindrance there. But then on the flip side, I've also seen somebody with less talent, less ability, yes, less opportunities. <laughs> Glory to be to God. But then they honor God Absolutely. with what they have, and God gets all over it, and that's where it's at yes. because it's real. Yep. You know, so, and you're talking about evangelism, you know, at the simplest form that I believe, you know, evangelism is, y'all hit it on the, on, on the head, it's, it's, it's a go. It's, you're taking this gospel, this message, and you're taking it out there. That's mm-hmm. evangelism. I do believe, though, sometimes we get it kind of confused a little bit with witnessing. I don't believe evangelism and witnessing are, are you know, two identical things. You know, witnessing, most of the time, you know, we're talking about the goodness of God and how God's been good, and he has. I mean, you know, and that's wonderful what he's did in your life. But evangelism is more, uh, you know, you're taking that book and 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 you're taking it to uh, somebody. I think of, you know, Scripture talks about uh, Philip was called an evangelist, you know, and there's that eunuch, you know, sitting in that chariot, and he's reading the book of Isaiah, and he says, well, you know, what am I, you know, that's evangelism 101. He takes the Scripture, he expounds on the Scripture, he explains the Scripture. And, and and the man gets saved. He gets born again. That's evangelism. You know, witnessing. Now, I think they go hand in hand. Don't get me wrong. But I don't believe that they're exactly the same either. Yeah. Know? Well, my, my first thought was, I, I think one thing that has happened is when you look at society, especially in the evangelical culture of theology and things. And I mean, I, I go to Bible college, so I'm I'm for it. But I'm for it in the right context. I think there's just been this mishap where throughout times, men just keep taking things from the Bible and they try to label it with a term or a topical uh, phrase. And I think when you read the gospel, you do have evangelists and you do have people going out. But it's not like they just keep trying to label it. To them, it was just going out and sharing Christ, Mm -hmm. telling people about the goodness, telling them about all these things. And so I think one thing you see is that people want to label what this is and what this is when we're just charged to go out and share the gospel regardless. And so, you know, I I think every conversation I've been in, um, you know, where I'm telling someone about Christ that's a um, non-believer, I mean, you're talking about the goodness of God. You're talking about the power of the blood. You're talking about all these things. And instead of trying to almost put it in a box, I think we should treat it as Paul told him and, and Christ told him, just go out and, mm-hmm. and tell people about the cross, tell people about the gospel. And, and I mean, that's the heart of evangelism. And, you know, um, and we have all these terms, evangelism, witnessing, all these things. Morally, when you come to me and you're like, what is our charge? I'm like, whatever you want to call it let's just go out and tell people about Christ mm-hmm. because that's what we've been called to do. Now, I will say this. I've been in a lot of conversations with people uh, that they leave. They want nothing to do with God. They want nothing to do with Christ. So does that mean that something was lacking in that opportunity or that attempt to evangelize or share the gospel with them? No. And and I'm kind of bringing this back to what we were talking about earlier, which is one thing about Chad and our pastor that I love is that they realize that if anyone's life's going to be changed from the message or from the conversation, it's going to be because of God. Absolutely. It's going to be because God's drawn them through conviction to the point where they believe that they are lost, 
so I was talking with, uh, I was talking today, you know, when you come to the point where you're lost, so not only do you come to a point where you believe in Christ, but before you can even believe in Christ, you've got to believe that you're lost because it's not a figment. It's not just, oh, I am. I mean, really, you're brought to the point where you're like, oh, I believe this. I'm fully lost, and now I'm going to put my belief in Christ. But what I love is anytime I've been able to sit under our pastor or Chad when they preach, is they fulfill their responsibility and their obedience to preach the gospel that morning with the message that God's given them. But what I love after is when an invitation or everything is over, they give. it's like they give the glory to God and they go sit down. Because if a life's going to be changed, it's not going to be because of any persuasive tactic, any pray this prayer after me or anything. They just preach the word and they trust that the Holy Spirit of God is going to take it and just absolutely work on a heart. And and that's what I love is when it comes to evangelism, when it, whatever, I mean, some uh, some churches, they call it, uh, let's go out and go soul winning. I've heard that before. People create terms. But the, the moral of it all is that Christ told us to go out. And boy, if we'll just share the word and throw the seed, sure. it'll land. It'll land where it's supposed to. So you you talk about the early church, and you talk about what happened in, in the book of Acts, and you, you look at how that a group of people had a message that they were unwavering mm-hmm. in their belief. You could not convince them otherwise. They were determined and convinced in their heart. It's, it's the truth. What happened? You couldn't stop them. You couldn't keep them quiet. Persecution come. What happened? Yeah, they dispersed. And 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 the persecution pushed them to different regions, but they didn't stop. They kept sharing the message. And folks get hung up on on, on what can I do? What can I, you can't you can't save nobody. Right. You can't you you can't uh, do good works to get to heaven. But I tell you what you can do. You can put your faith in Christ. And you can let that faith be real enough to determine how you behave yourself, how you conduct yourself, and who you live for, yeah. which will add credibility to the words that come out of your mouth yep. and give power to the words yeah, that put, you share. You're putting action behind it. Exactly. People are seeing the evidence in your life and by then, the way you do things, by the way you live your lifestyle. Look at James when he talks yes. about, you, you know what, and that's, that works. Yeah. You know, I'm not saved by my works. Right. I work because I'm saved. And my, because my faith is real, you can't keep me from serving God. Yep. Don't serve God to get saved. I serve God because I'm saved. Saved, exactly. Yeah. And um, and in this what we're talking about today with evangelism, um, I think it's just key because before I ever was called into church ministry or a role in church ministry, um, I worked for a nonprofit that revolved around evangelism for high schoolers. And so, in a sense, it was like being out in the highways and the hedges every week trying to pull kids in to tell them about Christ. Um, and I'll tell you this, my heart was broken more than I was cheerful in my heart. And what I mean by this is I ran into more people that wanted nothing to do with Christ or uh, they made a false profession and then they, they're like, now they're just nowhere to be found. Um, I found rejection more than I found acceptance, but the few stories I have of being able to lead someone to Christ or seeing young Christians make that decision that I'm going to separate from the world 
and live to live for God. And now, I, I, you know, one of them, I think his name's Chaz. I mean, he's called to the ministry now. He preaches in Maryville. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I met him. I mean, he was going to church and he was a Christian, but I was able to help walk with him. And he made that choice that I'm going to separate from the world. And then God called him to the ministry. Um, and that's the thing about evangelism, too. Your heart's going to be broken more than it's going to yeah. be cheerful. But how, how humbling is that fact to understand that, Chad, I'll, I'll throw this back over in your lap here and let you... How humbling is that fact to understand that somewhere in a in a revival meeting somewhere, somebody that you never even know about makes a profession, accepts Christ, and it's like that pebble thrown in the pond. The next thing you know, God calls him to preach. God calls him to be an evangelist. God uses him. People that he reaches, it just keeps up. That pebble thrown in the pond just keeps growing and growing and growing. And the, I know the the work that, that God's got you in right now, yeah, it's frustrating, and sometimes you do get disappointed, and maybe you do feel rejection. But how encouraging is it to know that God still changes lives in ways that we'll never know until we get to heaven? Well, absolutely. I mean, it, it is encouraging, and obviously, uh, you know, you want to see, you know, evidence, fruit, whatever you want to call that. Uh, I mean, nah. Any preacher that would say, you know, I want to get up and preach, and I don't want to see nobody respond to the. I mean, they're 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 just their hearts not right, and they're they're <laughs> lying. They're in the wrong party. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, uh, but there again, I don't preach for results either. Right. You right. know, I preach to honor God. Right. And so, one thing that that, of course, I didn't learn a lot of things. I didn't know a lot of things. But one thing uh, that I do know in evangelism is you can assure that you're going to have a lot of doors shut. Uh, you're going to have a lot of rejections, a lot of turndowns, a lot of, uh, you know, things that you just don't even realize, you know. Um, you know, it's one thing to be here at the church, and, and, and but then when you get out there, I mean, it's, it's wow sometimes. So, but, you know, I, I enjoy it. I, I thank God for it, you know. Uh, who knows? You know, sometimes you, you feel like you're just, chipping away at an iceberg yeah and then there's those moments and there's those times where it just seems like it's just you know it's just easy you know and uh, uh there's times where i think what am i doing you know i've i've you, you preach on a uh, you you take a sunday meeting and you drive you know four or five hours and then you got to drive home you get home you know three three thirty in the morning got to be at work at seven and and there's long hours there's exhausting um, but, but it's worth it, you know, and you think, man, there's been people say, you're going to have to slow down, you know, you're going to have to, and, uh, or, you know, they've told me you're going to die doing this or, you know, whatever, but what they don't understand is I'm going to die if I don't do this. I mean, that's the way that, the, you know, the, yeah. the Lord puts it in your heart, you know. Yeah. It's a fire um, in your bones. Exactly. The, uh, the Old Testament yeah. says it. Um, and I mean, that's just, I, when you were talking about, you know, long hours, late nights. You know, I was thinking about a scripture I read, and I actually heard again today. Um, it talks about Moses, and it said that uh, Moses um, viewed his faith more than the treasures that Egypt had to give him. And I'm paraphrasing, but it just said that his faith in God was more important to him than anything that Pharaoh or anybody could have gave him. So therefore he forsook Egypt, and he turned to Israel, and he lived in the wilderness he had to walk through God giving him miracles. I mean, it wasn't easy. 
but his faithfulness will be rewarded. And I mean, that's the same concept sure. about anybody, uh, any Christian. You just see that your faithfulness is way more important than anything, than, you know, sometimes than sleep. I mean, honestly. Absolutely. Um, and, and we were talking about evangelism, and actually I wrote down the definition because uh, you, you never find the term evangelism in in Scripture, but you do find the term evangelist, and from the term evangelist, you, you can pretty much catch what evangelism is going to be about. And the reference, uh, your Greek reference is 2099, and it says, A bringer of good tidings, an evangelist. So good news, good report, you know, all, all those things, but... The name given to the New Testament heralds, I thought that was a good word, of salvation through Christ who are not apostles. Key def- part of that, who are not apostles. Uh, but when you think about a herald, you know, I, I, I think about, you know, when you hear songs about uh, angels being heralds or uh, old terms uh, used back in the old days for people who would give announcements. And, you know, a herald was someone who went out and spoke. Um, not quietly, not to themselves, they spoke to the people. And that's one thing about evangelist is going to be basically a preacher that's called to travel and go out and share good tidings and share good news. Um, now, like I said earlier, you can't just pick that. God's got to, here's why. God's got to call you to that. But here's the other thing. For you to travel places, he's got to align that, right? Because if you say I'm an evangelist, but you've got to send churches your resumes and all this stuff to even get an invite, you might be in the wrong party. Um, and evan- God works away. I mean, it's like you said earlier with Philip. He was just heading. You know, he was just on the road. And all of a sudden, there's the eunuch. And he pulls over. And that man gets So God lines up appointments um, for a man to go. But another text that I have for one of the other questions is, you know, uh, Philip also went to Samaria. And he was the, the evangelist that went down in there and uh, he started preaching the gospel to him. People, they saw the signs and things that he did, but it was because of the message of Christ. They were saved and they believed. And so when you see kind of what an evangelist is in Scripture, you can kind of see what evangelism is and why Christ gave the Great Commission. And then we have Acts 1-8. So with that in mind, we have question two, which we've talked about it, but you know, where can we see it in Scriptures? Now, specifically, uh, I want us to kind of, maybe we all can chime in on this, but think about Philip, you know, uh, Paul, well, not Paul, Saul, persecution's rising up, so what do they do? As Alan said, they start spreading out. So Philip feels led to go down to Samaria. Now, you know, it, it don't it don't really talk about him taking an army of people down there. It just talks about him going down there. So, and I'll pull the text up here in a second, but I want to get the conversation going um, the impact of him going down there to preach the gospel. And we can kind of even combine this into in question three, why is evangelism important? Why was it important for Philip to go down to Samaria and preach the gospel to the Samaritans? So, I mean, a little background first. The relationship between the Jews and the Samaritans uh, is a racial-motivated uh, hatred there that uh, the Samaritans had nothing to do with Jews. Uh, Jews and the Samaritans. Actually, Jews thought that the Samaritans didn't even deserve God. They they, they actually thought Samaritans were like subhuman, mm-hmm. like a dog. They didn't have a soul. They, don't waste your time talking to the Samaritan because they don't they don't deserve what we've got. So if you look at Philip and the attitude that he has, motivated out of uh, fighting through some extreme prejudice from a position of love and concern, because the reality is 
the gospels for whosoever will and for all, and everybody deserves it. Philip got that, and he was willing to fight through some stuff that uh, society said was uh, taboo or unacceptable to go down there and, and, and share the gospel with these people. I mean, that's like, when I was looking at this text um, earlier today, and I'm in the wrong one right now, let me get there. Um, when you look at Acts chapter 8, and you see, and now it says that they were scattered, scattered about, so he went down to the city of Samaria. And the first thing it says, he went down to the city, and the first thing it says before signs, wonders, healings, demons, or anything, and it says proclaimed to them Christ. Yep. So obviously, when you look at Acts 1.8, and, you know, it says, go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, all to the ends of the earth. Yep. So we see that fulfilled in the book of Acts. It hits Jerusalem, Judea, it's going to go over Samaria, then it's going to go to the ends and the uttermost parts of the earth. But what I love is, you know, they heard, that was red letters right there. Christ himself told them that. So I see it like this. Persecution's rising up, Jerusalem and Judea, but they've already been there sharing the gospel. That's really why they're being persecuted. So in my mind, Philip's like, all right, let's go to Samaria, you know, because Christ told us to go. <laughs> and the first thing he did when he got down there is he proclaimed to them Christ. Now, um, Josh, how important is that? That I mean, that's the first thing he did. He shows up, he starts pro- proclaiming Christ. Yeah, it's, it's important because that's the only message that needs to be proclaimed is the, the message of Jesus Christ and the hope for one to spend eternity with God is yeah. through Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, so what else is there to do? Yeah. You don't need a sign. You don't need wonders. You don't need tradition. You don't need special. That's the thing about it. The beauty of it is is that Jesus Christ is the one that saves. Yep. We don't have to do anything more or less than share the message of Jesus Christ, the gospel message. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Once we understand who we are apart from God in our sin, that at that moment that you said earlier, we have that decision to make, and that's a key moment in our salvational walk because we're either going to accept him as our Lord and Savior or we're going to reject him. Yep. And at that moment, that is the ultimate thing. Once we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, now the thing about it is like, so when I was a new Christian, and like I said earlier about, you know, I said I was there because I truly wasn't saved. I attended a church. I did everything that I thought needed to be done for me to obtain my salvation. Church stuff. Yes. So I was at the events, but that's what I was saying. I was looked like two different people because I was going to church because that was my good deed for the day. Right. But Friday night, I had another agenda. But then I went to church to address that because I didn't understand who Jesus Christ was. I didn't understand my sinful state apart from God. But once I understood that, at that moment, that's when it all changes. Because no longer do am I explaining to people when they go, well, how does one get saved? Well, come to church with me. No, 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 no. That ain't going to save them. You know, well, Wednesday night, we have this great thing going on. No. How does one become saved? Let me show you. There's a man. That one man is the one. And then that's the way. That's why I can give you my opinion all day long. My opinion is not going to help you. It's the responsibility of every believer. Absolutely. To be ready in a 15 second window of opportunity. Yes. Peter said, be ready to give an offense. To share the gospel in the demonstration. All seasons. Every time. Yes. Every time. Be ready. Be ready. So. Hearing about this, what Josh was saying about the importance of proclaiming Christ. Now, Chad, now, you know, Philip was an evangelist. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you're out there. You have that calling that gift. So when you go places, I mean, what's the, what's your whole purpose of being there? What I mean, what are you going to proclaim? Well, exactly. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, the, it's the gospel message. Yes. Um, I've, one of my favorite texts or examples, if you will, of, uh, you know, I, the Apostle Paul. I mean, he was a great evangelist. I mean, you're talking about, you know, we think I look at my ministry and kind of what the Lord has me to do, you know, but I'm still home. You know, I mean, here's here, some of these men, that, I mean, they would call and take a journey and they would leave town and, yeah, I mean, they were gone, gone, you know, for, you know, and didn't know where they was going to stay, didn't know what they was going to eat, all these things. Uh, but one of my favorite is, is in chapter 17 of the book of Acts where he's, you know, he's on that journey and Silas and anyways, he ends up in Athens. And I mean, here he's in a place. Now, I'm talking about, you're talking about a place. Now, this was a place. I mean, this wasn't, uh, you know, just just like the home country. I mean, this was anybody that was somebody. I mean, that's Athens. Yeah. I mean, Socrates. I'm talking about names. The top philosophers. Exactly. Mars Hill, you're I mean, right here, there. Here, here, here's some smart men, you know. And so there's been times where I've been in those environments to where it's like, man, I'm out of my league here, you know. I mean, I'm just an old country boy that – uh, you know, I mean, I, I hear these guys, I have, you know, they're doctors so-and-so, and, and thank God for it, you know. Mm-hmm. But then y'all want me, and, and I get in the pulpit, and I'm I'm like, woe is me, you know, why me? But then what the Apostle Paul does is in, in that chapter I, that I love more than anything, you, you talked about it, you hit on it, you said, you know, uh, nothing more, nothing less. What are you going to say to this crowd, Paul? Sure, God's blessed you, and and, 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 and and it's been going good, but what are you going to say? And he just rears back, and he says, I'm going to say the only thing I know to say. And he just rears back and preaches Jesus to him. Don't change the message. Yes. And he even tells him, says, you know, that unknown God down there that y'all got and y'all praying to, he says, I know him. Let me tell you about him. <laughs> and he don't change the message. Right. He don't yes. alter it. Yes. yes. He just rears back and preaches Jesus. Absolutely. Yep. And and thank God for, I mean, don't change it. Right. Just don't I, add to it. We're living in a day now where it's like, you know, we're trying to, uh, you know, uh, soup it up, make it attractive. Oh, yeah. it, it doesn't need any words. Here's the reality, friend. Go ahead, Chet. If not going to hell ain't attractive enough, <laughs> I'm going to dust my feet and go on to the next house, brother. Yeah. I mean, in That's reality, exactly right. yes. you know? And we talk about, that, you know, being maybe out of our leg and who we're sharing. Our, maybe there are, there are folks that are better than me. And I understand that because, you know, I'm just like Chet. I'm a country boy. But here's the deal. You can have confidence in Christ. Absolutely. And it, it'll build confidence in you yep. to share it yep. through the Holy Spirit. Well, I'll even, I'll even say this because, you, know, uh, you know, I grew up in Maryville. You know, we went to a little backwoods church. and But here's the thing. I've noticed that, you know, I'm coming, uh, I'm getting my bachelor's in theology with liberty. And it's great, right? I can learn things, you know, uh, might go on and keep going. But here's what I've learned. Some of my favorite men to sit under are men that have never took yep. an online course. They've never stepped foot in a seminary, but they know what this word in me is, and they live it by faith, and they're obedient yep. to it. Sure. And I, I'm telling you, uh, some some men that I listen, especially our pastor, he's never been to school. He, he can teach just up there with anyone else. But that's what I love is if we get to a point, and some people have, where you only let people in the pulpit that meet – the requirements, the criteria, the criteria. Mm-hmm. They got the right papers. 
you're missing the mark. Because it had nothing to do with the criteria. It had nothing to do with what papers they had. They just get up and preach Christ. And that's when you meet men. I I mean, it's like I listen to a lot of men that used to preach in the 60s and the 70s. And some of them are doctors and some of them aren't. But they don't come to boast to you about men's wisdom. They don't come to you men's wisdom. They don't come to tell you how many times they've went to class. They don't come to any. They throw all that stuff to the side and they just preach Christ. And that's what I love uh, about what you were saying is Paul's in front of all these smart men. Now, Paul's pretty smart. Paul's the only man that I know was called to be an evangelist, a pastor, a Sunday school teacher. Boy, he probably even led worship sometimes. Church planner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had everything. Yeah. But even he said, he, he talked about that he was small in stature. He wasn't the best. You know, when you read about Apollos, Apollos stood up and people are like, oh my goodness, this yeah. is this is the man. We, mm-hmm. we love him. And Paul, I mean, he was honest about that. Right. But that didn't change him. He would have went in front of people in Athens. I mean, he stood uh, before kings and governors, and all he did was preach Christ. He didn't have to yep. do anything else. And you you mentioned something, and so since you mentioned it, I'll just I want to go there. Um, the other thing, the modern age has ruined, in a sense, the term evangelist. And I say that by this. I have heard preachers, I've heard pastors, I've heard evangelists, and they get up, and they'll start preaching and they'll start doing all these things. But what I'm noticing is it's the same concept that I hear from a lot of false teachers in our day and age. How to be a better you. How to do this. How how you can do this. And they give you the most sugar-coated message. You know, when I think about the evangelists and I look at Philip and I look at Paul and I, I look at Peter and I look at Barnabas. Man, they went somewhere and they didn't sugarcoat things. I mean, when you even look at the definition, it says heralds of salvation, right? So if you're going to be a true evangelist, a true pastor, a true preacher, then you're going to have to bring something to the table. And Paul said that he brought the full, the whole counsel of God. So when a man stands up and he doesn't share the full counsel of God, evangelist or pastor, you're not doing what we've been charged to do. That's what I love is... When I've met men like Chad and uh, our pastor and other men in this county and other counties that I know are true men of the word, true men of God, not only are they great examples to me as being a young minister, but what I've learned is, man, they're going to share the message. They're not going to change it. They're not going to sugarcoat it. They're not going to change their appearance or how they talk to impress somebody. They're just going to be who God's called them to be, and they're going to preach about Christ, they're going to preach about heavens, they're going to bring the good news, but for someone to truly bring the good news, they're going to have to talk about sin. Yes, They're going to have to talk about hell. Yeah. And I mean, that's what I, I, I love is when you meet somebody that's truly called to the evangelist field, they're sharing the whole counsel of God, Absolutely. whether people want to hear it or not. Yeah. They're telling them about hell, they're telling them about everything that they need to know. Why? Because you're sharing the gospel. Right. And, and I'm telling you, that's what I love about Paul and that Mars Hill. That's like I love about Philip and Samaria. It says they proclaim Christ. And actually, when you get down into Acts 8.12, it says this. It says, uh, But when they believed Philip, as he preached good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So it wasn't even about the signs and the healings. and the, I mean, it even said that the demons in Samaria were crying out and the people saw it. And I mean, who else are they going to cry out? They knew who Christ was. They recognized those things. Yep. But when the demons came out of people and people were healed and all these things, it doesn't say that's why they believed in that text. 
It says they believed as he preached the good news about the kingdom of God in Jesus Christ. And that's what, I mean, that's what evangelism is. And that's why it's important because, I mean, if we don't go out and we're not obedient to the great commission and the callings that God has on our life, who's going to hear about it? Exactly. Who's going to hear about it? It's important. It's important. Uh, It was important then. It's important now. Uh, It's important. uh, You know, I've got a grandbaby that's, you know, on the way up and uh, praying God will save her already. You know, she's going to have a birthday here in two weeks, three three weeks. Yeah. She's going to be three-year-old and uh, praying God will save her. But here's the deal. If God's men lose their spine and won't stand in the pulpit and preach the whole counsel of God, you know? Yeah. If, if, if Papa don't understand the value that's in the full counsel of God and his word, and I start getting, you know, lax in my interpretation of the scripture and how the Bible reads and, and declares that salvation's obtained, what's going to happen another generation later? Or two generations yeah. later. Yeah. So it's it is it's a huge deal. It's a and, huge deal. And God, I mean, He calls all sorts of men. I mean, the, the disciples—they're a bunch of fishermen. You know, they weren't like Paul, who stayed in the Pharisee schools and were among scribes and knew more than all. They're just a bunch of fishermen. Yeah. And, and that's where I—that's why I'm saying this. You know, men who can uh, have an opportunity to go and do education—that's great. I mean, that's God opened a door right. for me. But I don't go to school to be called. No. I was called before that. Exactly. exactly. And that's what I'm saying is, you know, whether it's a pastor, whether it's an evangelist, it don't matter. When God calls somebody, I was the same way. I was like, what do I have to offer? What do I have to offer, God? Mm-hmm. But I had nothing to offer. It wasn't the criteria. It wasn't the, the knowledge. It wasn't that my I was a big sinner and I didn't think I... He just wanted me to be obedient. Yeah, and he's going to use every man that he c- truly calls. And you said right. something earlier about men you know that would say they're called and then now they're not in church. That's a fine line too. A true man of God is going to be called. He's going to be used. You may not be uh, traveling all over the place, but if God's called you and you're being faithful in your I mean, your, your church, your home church, and you're serving God, he's going to use true ministers. Whether they know things like, you know, them philosophers and they can tell you about all, all all this stuff or they just come like he did before Agrippa. And mm-hmm. they said, why are you here? And he said, well, let me show you my testimony. And he just starts talking about how Christ pulled him to the side of the road one day. And he was saying, that's what I love about the gospel is that if we all were to evaluate ourselves, we'd also come, like you said, why me? I mean, what do I have to offer? But really, you know, we question, we might question that in a calling God's called us to do. But really, in a broad, in a broad spectrum, everyone who's been saved, why in the world would God use a sinful people to share the message? But he does. He does. And it's powerful because you can hear, I've heard some of the strongest testimonies in my life about people that were so wayward from God. And then all of a sudden God gets a hold of them. They're changed forever. And we heard it. We heard it Sunday in the, God's just. Yes. He's just, and he's right. He's correct. And when he when he calls somebody, I can question it. I, you know, I can question the callings he put on my why me. But God's right. Yeah. He didn't make a mistake. He's got me in a position right who wants me. The providential hand of God lines things up and he he orchestrates things and he puts people in place to where he can be used. Now here's the point that I want to focus on about evangelism and about uh 
the sharing of the gospel. I use this example a lot, and, and me, me and Chad, we, we, we've, uh, we've hunted, been out in the woods and, and have a good time, have a good fellowship. But, you know, if you've ever been in the woods and you've been lost, get turned around, not know where you're at, pretty scary. What's even scarier is to entertain the thought, does anybody know where I'm at? Is anybody looking for me? Mm-hmm. How am I going to get out of here? The whole world is full of lost people. Yep. How depressing would it be to know there's nobody looking for you? Mm. Nobody's nobody's putting any effort into finding you. Nobody's yeah. putting any, and I know we can't save anybody. We've already established that fact. Yes. But how much effort are we as individuals putting into sharing the gospel and demonstrating the Holy Spirit, being obedient, following God's calling on our life? Yeah. It's a big deal. Yes. And it's important because what Alan just said opens up a whole spectrum. I didn't know if I'd talk about it. Um, but see, when you think about the question of why God would use the sinful people, why would he do He does. He's just in what he decided to do. And I'm thankful for it because if he didn't, I'd be going to hell. Yep. Since he saved my soul, he's called me to the table just like he has all of us. But here's the other thing. If he called us to evangelize, we need to evangelize. Yep. I've, uh, and I'll say brief, you know, I'll keep this brief. I've met a party of people that God is sovereign, God is great, and I agree with some things that they might teach. But I've also seen men get up and say, there's no reason to evangelize because God's going to bring his elect forward anyways. I don't agree with that statement at all. Because when we study the scripture, and especially Acts, God used people to deliver the gospel. Now, I fully do believe the elect of God, God's people, He's going to save them. You know, people that are going to come to faith, they're going to come to faith. People that won't believe, they're not going to believe. We've Who, established that's all in God's hands anyway. It yeah. is. Whosoever will come forward. does not relieve us of the burden. I'm going to, I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet. But whosoever <laughs> comes forward and believes and repents, they can be saved. Yes. But we also can't get to the point where, I think we talked earlier about, we're relying on others right. to do it. But also we can't get to the point where we're like, well, we're just not going to evangelize. God will take care of it. Yeah. That is dangerous yeah, right there. Sure. I, th- I think people can be saved and be in that condition, but you might dry up like a raisin because we've been called to go out. And, and that's, and I mean, here's another thing, you know. I know a lot of men that are very smart and they're very, very intelligent, uh, but I'm telling you, I would rather be under a Bible-believing man that lives it, that's obedient, that understands it, that's all for it and is led by the Spirit than the philosophers on Mars Hill. And that's what I'm saying. We can't just rely on people to, you know, go out and be to do it for us. But at the same time, we do rely on God to give us His Spirit to lead us. We do rely on uh, the Spirit's what regenerates us and washes us and cleans us. But if I sit at the house... And I go to church, and I go to the house, and I I don't talk to people about God, and I don't try to minister to people, and all I do is just hang out with the, the saved people. And my mindset is, well, I'm not going to do evangelism because God will just do it for us. I don't agree with that at nope. all. And, and nope. I mean, that goes against the whole commission that we've been given to do. I mean, that's why we have evangelists like Chad. They work full-time. They travel all the weekends. Why? So they can go out and preach the gospel and the great news of Jesus Christ to people. He don't say I'm an evangelist and then just sit at the house and say, well, God will do it for me. No, he says God's called me and I'm going to go out and do it for him, for his glory. 
And I, I'm telling you, evangelism is important. Yeah. I, I mean, literally. Uh, and Chad, I mean, not only are you, you've surrendered to that call, you've been doing it, but, uh, I mean, since you've been called to, like, that's your focus. That, that's where, you, that's your area, like you said, your arena. And so when you look at, like, the last question of why it's important, Chad, why is it so important that you go to these churches where there's mm-hmm. preachers? There's, I mean, there's things going sure. on. Why is it so important that you show up there with the message that God's given you of the gospel and about Christ? Why is that so important in this day and age and all that? Right. Well, one of the greatest things, one of the greatest blessings that I do get to experience in what I do is, number one, obviously you go, you preach the message, uh, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, sure, you get to see people say what a blessing that is. That's joyous. But one of the things that I get to see that probably not everybody else gets to see is a lot of times I'll get to go to a church and I don't even know what's going on, don't want to know what's going on. I'm there. My job, I'm trying to be a help to this church. I'm trying to be a blessing to this church, to a help to this pastor. I'm not trying to, listen, it is not the evangelist's responsibility to come in and try to fix problems and teach on, you know, this doctrine, that doctrine. And, you know, you, you said it. We've talked about it today. You know, you're to go preach Jesus. That's your job. But one of the greatest blessings I get to be is I'll get to go to a place and there's a man of God and he's beat up and he's tired and he's weary and and he's just down. Now, I don't necessarily know that, but then we come in and, and, and just I get to watch something take place in that man of God's heart and now he gets back in his own pulpit and he's got a, you know, uh, that fire's gotten stoked up, if you will, a little mm-hmm. bit. There's there's something that God has did in His heart, and that's one of the greatest joys that I get to experience. You know, because now that congregation, that flock, that you know, God's done something in the heart of their shepherd, and 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 so there's all kinds of those things, you know, and and just you know for whatever reason, you know, just an evangelist shows up and and God does something. And uh, it's 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 wonderful, you know, because sometimes there's places I go and I'm like, why y'all call me? You know, <laughs> you got some of the greatest preaching, walking in shoe leather in your pulpit. And why, you know, why you want me to come here? But it's just God can do, you know, God chooses to work however he wants to work. And, and whatever that is, you know, I'm just grateful to be a part of it. Absolutely. And, and I think the, in the I, one thing that you mentioned is... Uh, just how he works it out. And we've talked about that, but I think the last time Chad was here, I can't remember specifically uh, what the title was, but I just remember that, you know, I was talking. Um, divide and conquer. Divide, yeah. Yes. So you came in and you came, yeah, perfect timing. Because, I mean, literally that day, I was talking with people about the dividing that takes place within congregation and yeah. the things that can happen. And then we show up Sunday there's your sermon. Yep. And, and I mean, God lined that up perfectly <laughs> because mm-hmm. us as a church, we're able to hear that and think, okay, we've got to be careful because the Lord's moving right now. The Lord's doing great things in our midst. But if we don't realize what can happen and how the enemy can get in here. Right. And I mean, it was just like God sent that. And, and that's the other thing. Um, 
you probably do that a lot of places. You just show up. You don't know what's going on, but right. then God gives you a word. You preach it, and then the next thing you know, someone comes up, and you're like, dude, we've been dealing with that. We've been, yes, right. we've been doing this, or you know, so-and-so's been lost, but today they showed up for some reason, and they got... Mm-hmm. so. And, and that's just the beautiful thing, because when someone's truly called to this... Con- they're going to use them. One one right. story I love, and uh, we'll we'll talk just a little more. Uh, I, I hear a lot of guys talking about the great Billy Graham, and I mean just a godly man that traveled all over this country and preached the truth. But uh, they talked about you know the calling that he had in evangelists. A lot of guys uh, will say that that man could walk in, preach a message, and then give an invitation and just say boo, and people would fall under conviction and co- had nothing to do with him. He just knew who he believed in, and he believed and he had enough faith that God would do a miraculous work because he sent him somewhere with the message. And that's what I love is, um, you know, when you get to know Chad and you get to hear him preach, he lives what he preaches. But you got faith in everything that you say that God will change lives. Well, I'll tell you what. If you're listening to this podcast and you're saying, Chad who? Who's this guy? Chad who? Chad Udi is a man of God. That's kind of, and he won't, I mean, he's as humble and modest as they come, and we've embarrassed him a couple times already, and he's already threatened to get up Him and Alan out. are good friends. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you straight up. It's about time for invitation now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, uh, if, if you're a pastor out there, and, and, and God puts somebody on your heart to come preach, and the name's Chad Udy. Chad will tell you how to get a hold of him. That's He'll come pray. It don't matter where you're at. He's, he's that type of man. How can he's, people reach you, Chad? Because that's where I was getting ready to go. Well, um, uh, nowadays, a lot of people, you know, it's a lot by email. So I, I do have an email. I finally, you know, moved up in the world a little bit, you know, <laughs> and learned how to operate an email. But So my email is coody03 at gmail.com. So you can, uh, you know, shoot me an email, and I'm, I usually stay pretty much up to par on that so i'll i'll try to respond well i was gonna say too if uh anybody has questions um you can just contact us too we'll just pass you out sure. to chad sure. uh well you know whatever that'll be um we can text it to him or whatever just get a hold of us um you know media at watchingchapel.net and we'll uh we'll pass you right along um but today's been good it's been awesome yeah. Man, we're so thankful that you came and joined us, Chad. It's a joy to be here. Appreciate Mm -hmm. what you're doing, and and uh, I love. You know, somebody said, "Do you ever? Does it ever get old?" And and I I could. Some people will call, and you say you end up on the phone for a long time, and and listen, I could sit and talk about the Lord day in day out. I mean, uh, nothing no better. Always good to us. Uh, Yes, he is. Always wonderful. Absolutely. Well, guys, y'all got anything else? God bless. God bless. All right. We appreciate it, Chad. Guys, you, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Peace out. Mm-hmm.